You're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, your new home for inspiration, family, sports conversations, and a lot of other stuff. We're your all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life and your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Enjoy the show. Welcome back. I'm your host, Mr. You. Thank you again for joining us on the All-Purpose Pod for an All-Purpose Life, wherever you are today and however you're listening today. Call me Mr. You, the podcast. Thank you for making us a part of your morning, your day, and your week. We're your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter. Download, subscribe to our show wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Thank you for listening sharing us, and subscribing. Go change the world. Thanks again for joining us on the show. We really appreciate your involvement in this awesome endeavor that we call They Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. I want to talk to you about a king, a king that had everything. Now, this isn't a prediction. This is a spoiler. We all have tried to bargain with God at some point in time. Now, when I say that, I'm sure some image or some memory probably comes to your mind where you try to bargain with God. Now, if you see God Almighty as a butler who pops up and gives you good things and immediately honors your earnest wishes, then bargaining is a simple process for you. You can just dial him up on your private line and tell him what you want, right? And you get it like a vending machine or a Christmas miracle come early. If you see God Almighty as an all powerful Lord that doesn't lie or operate in deception, and who honors his word above all else, then bargaining is a little less simple, but still feasible. You might appeal to the thing that you think God likes, and remind him that because you did what you think he likes, he should reward you in kind. Kind of a favor for favor, right? You know, a bartering system. You do what you think he likes, and he gives you what you want, right? Is that how it works? Bargaining is as normal as a baby crying, and screaming in order to be held and not be placed in the stroller. I want to talk to you today about a king that had everything. Just for historical context, the children of Israel had a cool game they played with God the Father. Whenever he was in the room, they would smile and be polite and be on their best behavior. Perfect little angels. The moment the father left the room and the door was shut, They would go into the closet and pull out all the things they've been hiding that they know daddy wouldn't approve of. Kind of like our children, I suppose, right? This little game would happen over and over, mainly because the children failed to realize that the father was aware of the hearts of all of his children, whether the proverbial door was shut or not. He knew what was going on. He wasn't blind to the facts. Children bargain because they think they... That's the best way to get whatever they ultimately want and perhaps give the other party in the arrangement what they want. If you take me out for ice cream this Friday, I'll clean my room. Even though cleaning your room was already a preset responsibility. We bargain. 
If you heal me from this sickness, I'll promise to stop doing whatever it was that made me sick in the first place. We bargain. But as soon as we get better, or we don't feel like ice cream on that day, we forget our vows and leave our clothes and toys and food all over the floor. We swell up with pride and we forget. Our friend, the king that had everything, he went by the name of Hezekiah. He got really sick and was informed by someone in the know, someone on God's council and his, uh, one of his chief executives told him that he was going to die and that he should prepare for it. Get all his orders, get all his uh, life affairs in, orders, in order. Excuse me. He turned away from the messenger and went to the Lord to make a bargain. The Bible says that he prayed, but the words that he spoke kind of sound like bargaining to me. It, just, it could just be me. That's how it read to me. I read different versions of it, and it sounds like bargaining to me. But the Bible says that he prayed. He had words out of his mouth such as, remember now how I walked before you in truth? Remember how I walked before you in truth and with a perfect heart and did what was good in your sight? That sounds like a bargain to me. Then the king cried. The king's prayer was granted. And God added additional years to his life. 15 to be exact. Now, in my experience, most people that consider themselves perfect don't always have a full view of the situation. Would you agree? They often miss some things that aren't so perfect, aren't quite right. Later in this story, that self-professed perfect heart would be tested in a major way. But I want to focus on how we treat God. I really believe this is really important. Look at the words that King Hezekiah said. He asked the Lord to remember how he walked before him in truth. How he had a perfect heart before God. How he did what was good in God's sight. That sounds not only like bargaining, but it sounds even a little bit boisterous. Like, don't forget what I've done for you, God. You kind of owe me for what I did. As I walked before you in truth. I did all these things perfectly. I lived the exemplary life. So what I'm asking for it should be easy because of all I've done for you. That's how it reads to me. But there's a breaking in the bargain. Asking for something you need isn't really the issue here. Some people need restoration for their family. Some folks need healing to bodily organs and functions. Some folks need to be removed from dangerous relationships. They need to change their lives relationally or even move to a different geographical location. The needs can be legitimate. They may need finance. They may need more money to have food on the table for their families. The needs can be legitimate. The challenge, for me at least, is the motivation for the asking. What we don't talk about at parties is what the Lord said to the king before he honored his request. This doesn't always make it to the Bible school or the Bible study. The Lord said this, I will add 15 years to your days and I will deliver you and this city out of the king of a serious hand. And I will defend the city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. 
I'm going to read it again for those in the back because I don't want you to miss this. Really important. Listen to what he said. When Hezekiah prayed and reminded God of all he did for the Lord, this was the Lord's response. I will add 15 years to your days and I will deliver you and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend the city for my own sake. For my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Now, beside that piece about the 15 years, where did he focus his reasoning for honoring King Hezekiah's prayer on the king himself? Beside the 15 year part. God literally said that I am preserving his people and the city from the hand of their enemies. For why? Why? For his own sake and to honor the promise that he made to our ancestor. Not much said about Hezekiah and his approach to asking the Lord for what he wanted. When a child asks a parent for something that they probably shouldn't have, like a lollipop at nine o'clock in the morning, the child doesn't have the bandwidth to understand why this is not a good idea. They just want candy. Most adults don't get that themselves, which can make parenting really hard unnecessarily. The child just wants the lollipop because from their standpoint, it's a fantastic idea. It beats egg and bacon and cereal, right? Any day, right? They don't have the parental perspective who in many ways can see the future. But the child doesn't really care about the future. Their concern is the now, the right now. The now when there's a lollipop in the future. The parent has the power to capitulate to the child and give them what they're screaming to the top of their lungs for, or the parent maintains the right perspective based on what they know the child doesn't know. That eating candy early in the morning is not a good idea for their dental hygiene. Not a good plan. The king, in this case the child, just wants to live longer and not die due to this illness. The father wanted to maintain the integrity of his promise and wanted their enemies to not think that there is no longer a God in Israel. The father wanted to defend the best interests of everyone, not just this one person. All with the understanding that a nation without a king is not in the best interest of the nation, militarily or spiritually. You know what happens if uh, any sign or scent or whiff that the king is weak or disadvantaged or hobbled or crippled or anything of that sort. Enemies hear that. Great time to attack the nation while they're at their weakest. So having a king be incapacitated isn't a good thing for that nation that the king is sovereign over. A bargaining chip is something used to gain an advantage when trying to make an agreement or deal with someone. It usually comes with some kind of threat. When the king said, remember how much I did for you and how I looked, that felt to me like a bargaining chip. I'm not tearing down scripture or King Hezekiah. I just wanted to understand intents and motivations when we're asking the Lord for something. We learn from the world around us to bargain for what we want. Like that little child, I gave you an example of with the lollipop at nine in the morning. That's a very common situation that parents deal with. And they dealt with it with us as children in a lot of cases. We bargain for ice cream. We bargain for new sneakers. We bargain to watch TV at 
way past our bedtime. We bargained to have dessert for, for dinner. We bargained for a lot of things. But the king didn't see the breaking that was about to come. Do you remember those old gangster movies where hardened mobsters would seek penance with a priest after doing a horrible things to somebody? Well, that isn't really the reality, except when it is. We do things and expect to be covered just by apologizing or being nice to the person that we wronged. But there's a breaking in all this because even if you seem, seem to get your way, there's still often a price to pay in those situations. You have to change. You have to adjust. You have to repent. You have to be humble. The king didn't get it, though. And maybe you don't either. Maybe this is going over your head. I don't know. I hope not, but I don't know. We often don't understand this because the life that he asked for, those additional years, although granted to him, still were never his. I really want you to get that if you don't get anything else from the episode today. Get that part. The life that he asked for, that additional time that he asked for to not die from that sickness right away, those years, although granted to him, were never really about him. They were not really for him. Like I said before, the nation was what God cared about. The people, his promise to our ancestors were what God cared about. And that was the impetus for why he did what he did and gave Hezekiah additional years. It wasn't for Hezekiah to have the kind of life that he wanted to show off all of his, his goods and all of his blessings and his fortune, which is what he actually did. If you read on in the scriptures, but that wasn't the reason, the reason why he was given those years. It was about the nation. It was about somebody else. The breath in his lungs were on loan. He was the property of the almighty God corporation, all rights reserved. Just because he got the lollipop didn't mean he can go and flaunt it in the face of his friends whose parents didn't give them sugary sweet candy at 9 a.m. in the morning. It didn't mean he was better than anybody else because his request was granted. It meant a lot of those things, but none of those things. I'll end the episode by telling you this today. With every blessing and opportunity we receive, it comes with a responsibility. You can bury it in the ground out of fear, or you can duplicate it with interest. But you are always responsible. You are always accountable. Every minute, every hour, every year, it's required of you to use it and manage it wisely with the same integrity in which it was given. Kids see a lollipop. Hezekiah saw a longer life. It's still a responsibility. When we're given anything, it should matter to us to gain wisdom about the Father's heart, especially when we can barely figure out our own. After all, Father does know best. Wherever you are today, however you're listening to They Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, thank you again for making us a part of your morning, your day, and your week. We are your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter. Download, subscribe our show wherever you enjoy your podcasts. iHeartRadio, Pandora, Good Pods, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, sharing us, and subscribing. Go change the world. Don't take what you have for granted. Don't flaunt it in the face of other people who don't have what you have. Recognize how fortunate you are. Be grateful. Be generous and compassionate. Be loving and kind. But most of all, be thankful. Enjoy the music. Coach out.
Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And of course, if you're an audio listener, wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out.